Welcome to the Business of Dance podcast, where we discuss business growth, dance education, creating your dream business, and falling in love with your studio all over again. Now, here's your host, business coach, educator, and owner of Dance Energy Studios, Claire O'Shea. Hey guys, it's Claire O'Shea here, and welcome back to another episode of the Business of Dance podcast. Now, today, I am so excited to be joining you because it is basically like a little birthday party celebration. We are turning 100 episodes old and whilst it isn't necessarily a year birthday or, you know, actual birthday, for me it is such a huge milestone to get to this point. I know uh, a lot of podcasts and things, you know, sometimes don't get to this point. So I'm really super excited that we have got to 100 episodes. I'm proud of the commitment that I've shown to releasing weekly free content to you guys. And I hope that you are just as excited. Now, before we start today's show, which is going to be a special 100th episode, I have a big announcement for you guys. And I am so excited to be sharing this with you because I have been working behind the scenes and I'm sure some of you might have seen it on Instagram or socials and maybe got a bit of a hint as to what is coming. But next month, as of July 2019, depending on when you are listening to this, I am launching my first ever Dance Business Summit, which is for studio owners and teachers, and it's completely online and it is going to be a free event and a free education opportunity and experience for dance studio owners, dance teachers, and dance entrepreneurs, essentially. And I am so excited. I have got some amazing guests that I'm going to be releasing the information on very soon, but I will be sharing that with you in little bonus episodes that are coming up. And I'll be sharing the more nitty gritty details on my bonus episode, podcast episodes that are releasing very soon. But if you want to stay kind of up to date and know what is happening, please head over and go find Dance Business Summit on Instagram and Facebook. I probably have zero people who like it at the moment. So be sure to go and do that. And I'm going to be releasing information on my coaching Instagram page as well as on the Dance Business Summit pages. And we have some fantastic guests that will be sharing behind the scenes info with very soon. And I'm going to be releasing some bonus podcast episodes. But in today's episode to celebrate our 100 episodes, we're getting old, 100 episodes in the podcast world. I am going to count down my top 10 downloaded podcast episodes of the last 100. So this is forever and it is really exciting and we've got some great content to share with you guys today. Now I'm only going to be sharing little snippets as I count down each one and from there you guys are welcome obviously and I'll share the details so that you can go back and listen to the whole episode because obviously it is filled with juicy tidbits and info but if you're wanting to really dive deep into that particular topic or interview I'll be sure to share the details. So thank you so much for being on this journey with me so far. I really appreciate you sharing and supporting the show um, as well as all of the, your those wonderful people who are listeners and have turned into clients and also those who just reach out to me and just share with me how much they love the podcast. So if you want to wish us a happy birthday, I would love, 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 please for you to head over 
to our iTunes page and leave us a review, a a five-star review would be amazing. Um, That helps us share the show and share it with more people and keep it going. I would love it if you head over to my Claire O'Shea Coaching Facebook page and leave me a review as well as just follow me on Instagram so I can be sure to keep sharing this content with you guys consistently and keep growing. And I'm just, it's such a joy and I love uh, connecting with people all over the world. So enough blabbering. I've got a lot of exciting things coming up and I can't wait to share them more with you. But in today's episode, we are diving into our top 10 episodes, most downloaded, most loved episodes of the Business of Dance podcast so far. So starting out at number 10, I'm going to count down from 10 to 1, is our episode 86, which was all about productive team meetings. Now, this episode was really great for me to share with information about you guys, about how I run my team meetings and tips and tricks I've learned of other people in the past. So if you're interested in listening to the whole episode, be sure to head back and listen to episode 86. But here is a little snippet and insight into episode 86, which is all about productive team meetings. My first tip is to set your weekly non-compromisable date and time. So basically set a time and date to have your meeting in a manner that works best with your team, whether it be weekly, fortnightly, monthly, or whatever it is, but have it on a regular basis. So for example, my team and I have quarterly in-person training, and then we have weekly check-ins on Trello as well as Facebook groups where I will leave tips and tricks on different teaching techniques I've tried out and a whole range of different things. And if you can all organize more frequent meetings, then that's awesome. But depending on the way your studio is structured and the amount of team members that you have, it's not always possible. And where possible, record the training to share with team members and build a training library that you can then share with new people that you onboard in the future. My next tip is to come prepared with your notes. And this may sound like an obvious point, but it's extremely helpful when you're in the midst of a meeting with your team and want to cover all the necessary information. Another point is to have a group chat to have others on your team throw out suggestions or questions they want to ask in the meeting and this can really help you prepare ahead of time and be on track before and during your meeting. Tip number four is all about using meetings to energize and inspire your team members. So week to week, we as studio owners and as teachers, they have such a busy schedule. And when we are organizing these meetings, I think it's so important to use the time to really inspire and educate them for the term or whatever period that you have coming up moving forward. Next up, we have number nine, which was a wonderful interview that I had with Erin Nash, all about building and growing and really prospering with your preschool programs. And this was originally aired as episode number 38. And this was actually a two-part interview series, but the episode that made it into the top 10 at number nine was episode 38, Building and Growing Your Preschool Programs with Erin Nash.
Thank you so much for joining us today again, Erin. Thanks, Claire. I'm really excited to get into all the nitty gritty parts of running a preschool program today. Yeah. So this is more like the practical strategies and things that we need to have successful preschool programs, which is awesome. So we did touch on this a little bit in the first episode um, about, you know, times and how you can kind of use the sort of downtime in your studio to have these preschool classes. But when do you think is a good time to schedule your classes with these preschool age students? Yeah, absolutely. So I schedule my preschool classes all in the morning um, because generally at this age, a lot of the little ones still have an afternoon nap. Or if the parents have got older students, you know, they need to be available to go to school pickup at around 2.30, 3 o'clock. So the morning time really works best for me. We have a class that starts at 9.15. So parents generally, if they've got an older um, sibling, will go to school, drop the sibling off at around, you know, 8.30 or quarter to nine, and then come straight to their fairy ballet class. As you touched on before, that's the time when generally as a dance studio owner, your studio is empty because all of your um, normal evening students, they're at school. So, Mm. um, you know, unless you're kind of hiring out to an external like yoga or Zumba or something like that, it's a perfect chance for you to really fill in in your day, fill in your time and get the most for the the lease that you're paying. Exactly. Really, really good tip. Um, One thing I will ask as well, so with your classes, because you said you have a a main teacher and then the assistant teacher, Mm -hmm. do you have a capped number for the amount of students in your classes or do you kind of let that um, sort of happen organically and see where sort of the limit is for that particular group? Yeah, I definitely let it happen organically. So, um, you know, as much as I want to say, okay, eight kids in the two-year-old class, you know, 15 kids in the three-year-old class, um, you know, sometimes a class will be more settled and you can, you can put more kids in there and it will be fine. Other times you might have four or five kids that are just really still, still upset or not quite settling. And you kind of had to cap the class at that number. Mm. Um, You just have to really be flexible with it. So this is something that I I don't even want to say debated, but it's something that is thought about um, a lot and I have my own opinions on it and I'm sure you do too but do you recommend providing a free trial or no free trial for the parents um, that you're trying to get into your studio to test out if your program is right for their child what what's your thoughts and recommendations you're so right Claire it is so heavily debated and everybody's got their own opinion of what works for them and what doesn't work for them um so yeah I do think take it all with with a grain of salt and Mm. definitely implement what works best for you um we do offer a trial lesson here I don't necessarily offer it as free trial free trial because you don't want people just thinking oh I'll just go and do that one free activity for the day and Mm. you know then I'll go do something else Coming in at number eight was episode 62, How to Get More Students. And in this episode, I really dived into different techniques and things that you can try and implement in your studio to grow your bottom line as well as your student numbers within your studio. So if you're wanting more tips and tricks about this, head back to episode 62. But this came in at number eight, How to Get More Students at Your Studio. Today I'll be discussing a topic which I'm sure we all had or still may have some trouble with, which is how to get more students into classes at your studio. Now, not having the student numbers you desire in general or in a particular class can be stressful. So 
you know, you might have hit a dead end on ideas, your ads just aren't converting and are starting, you know, you might be starting to sort of lose a little bit of hope or just be getting really frustrated that it's not working out for you. So my point number one is identify your who, why, and how many. So basically, what is your target? So step number two is once you figure out who your target is, you need to figure out what you're going to use to magnetize those new students to your studio. Point number three is all about keeping up with communication. So one of the best and most effective ways to generate more students or get more students in a particular class is to stay up to date with the information and events at your studio to the general public, to people who are at your studio, to past and possible future clients as well. Now, coming in at number seven was episode 89 with a heap of tips and tricks all about how to really glow and grow within your studio. Now, as some of you may have joined us, we did have a studio glow up challenge, which we'll be hopefully running again later this year. And this episode really tied in with that. So it was tips and tricks on maintaining our own mental health within our studios, as well as some things that we could do within our studios to really make sure our studios were glowing and growing as much as humanly possible. So here is a highlight of episode 89, how to glow and grow in your studio. And this came in at number seven. Now for today's episode, I'm going to discuss how to make your studio glow on the inside and out. And our businesses are so important to us as we've dedicated a big portion of our lives to build an institution really centered around our love of dance. My first point is to do your inner work as the business owner. And this is the work that is necessary for you to be your best self as a studio owner, entrepreneur, teacher, boss, all of the roles that we play in our businesses. If we want our studio to glow, then we must also glow. It isn't about taking time off, but integrating elements within our life that truly make us shine. My next point is keeping up with maintenance and studio aesthetics. So this may be an obvious one as I'm sure most of you already keep up maintenance if you have a brick and mortar style studio like myself with having cleaners come in on a regular basis and so on and so forth or doing the cleaning yourself. But there is also an element of keeping up with your studio's aesthetic that goes beyond just cleanliness or fixing something when it is broken. It can be something bigger like having a fresh coat of paint or redecorating the space in your lobby or waiting room to be more comfortable and welcoming. My next tip is about creating a shift in your studio without starting from scratch. And there are probably times as a business owner that we wish we could start from scratch or redo an area within our studio. But without looking too much into the past or accumulating any regrets, it's fine to feel as though we could do or have done things differently. But the truth is you totally can. We all learn and increase our set of skills as time goes on. So there's always room to grow without starting from scratch. Now, coming in at number six was actually an interview I did on Erin Pride's podcast, which is Dance Boss Podcast. And this was an interview that Erin very graciously 
allowed me to air on my channel as well. So this was really an interview diving deep into kind of how I started my dance studio and how I launched into my coaching business. So for me, it was really interesting seeing that it made it onto the top 10 list, not because Erin is not wonderful and I know her pop uh, her podcast is really popular, but I just found it funny that there was interest in learning more about me on my podcast. So maybe, maybe um, hopefully in the future I can be on Erin's show again and hopefully we can share that on here but this is a little snippet of my interview on Erin's podcast on the Dance Boss podcast which you can obviously find in her feed or alternatively you can jump back to episode 94 which is a recording of Erin's podcast so this came in at number six So I am jumping right into 2019 with an awesome interview from Claire O'Shea. Hello, Claire. I am so excited to have you on today's podcast. It was just a joy speaking with you on yours, and um, I'm so glad we connected. How are you today? I am great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be on your show. So you do so many things and have such an incredible and inspiring like journey. Do you mind telling us a little bit about what led you opening dance energy studios at the age of 19? Yeah, so I had always sort of taught classes and been an assistant and then went through my qualifications to make sure that, you know, I was able to teach dance and I went into uni to do education and was, you know, halfway or not even halfway, probably just started my degree and literally one morning my mom called me and was just talking to me about how this cute hall down the road from our house would make a really good dance studio. And that's kind of what sparked the whole idea process, really. Like I didn't ever have an intention to set out. Like I always thought it would be a fun idea, but I never like actively had a plan in place. But once that sort of idea got sparked, I just kind of ran with it and it it took off a lot quicker than I anticipated and it's been uh, an ongoing journey ever since. So we're getting down to the nitty gritty. We are coming into the top five most downloaded episodes of the Business of Dance podcast. Now, coming in at number five was episode 48, which was an interview with the amazing Lauren and Leah from Studio To Go Dance. In this interview, we really dove into how they got started on their amazing business, as well as the benefits that a curated preschool program can have for your business. So if you want to listen to the whole episode, be sure to head back to episode 48 of the Business of Dance podcast. Uh, If not, here is a little snippet now, and this is coming in at number five. Welcome to the show, Lauren and Leah. I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks for having us. Thank you. We are so excited to be part of the podcast. So my first question for you today, I've talked a little bit about your bio in the the pre sort of section of the show, but can you explain from your point of view, what is Studio To Go all about? Okay. So basically Studio To Go was formed, you know, a little over a year ago, um, basically from our sister company, Studio Go, which I own. And then Lauren is the artistic director. And we 
we implemented a yearly progressive curriculum in our preschool programs and we just instantly saw the benefits. You know, our revenue increased, our teachers were more prepared, we expanded into new markets, and our end product, our recitals were better. So we instantly saw that there was um, such a huge market for this and then we translated it into Studio To Go. And obviously you guys have a whole other level of expertise and you've, you've proven the method works. So it is really kind of reassuring as someone going into it that you go, well, hello, this is what we do and this is works and you can do it too. So that's really cool. Well, I just, I know from my perspective, it can be very lonely to be a studio owner. Hmm. I've never owned a studio, but I have been in the administration of a very large studio um, for about four years, three to four years. And I saw firsthand what that life is like. In at number four, we have episode 93, which is all about how to create the ultimate teacher handbook at your studio. Now, I always thought this one would be popular, but I didn't realize how popular it would be. And I'll be sure to dive into this more in future episodes. But if you're wanting to get a really great overview of how to create the ultimate teacher handbook at your studio, be sure to listen to this next little tidbit, but you can also jump back to episode 93. But this is coming in at number four on the top 10 most popular Business of Dance podcast episodes. My name is Chloe Shea and today I'm coming to you with a very special and highly requested topic, which is how to create the ultimate teacher handbook. Now, you may already have your own guide or maybe brand new to the idea, but either way, I really feel the points I will discuss with you today can really help shape your guide if you choose to have one for your team. So literally in today's episode, I'm going to walk you through a bit of an overview of what you can include. I always like to start with a welcome page or letter, which is basically the studio owner or owners or directors just saying hello and adding some inspiration and explaining the purpose of the handbook. So it really is an introduction, a way to connect with your teachers and giving them a bit of an idea of what is to come. The next step is to outline your studio's values and mission. Now, this can be your studio's goals, so you can keep your teachers on the same page and working on the same you know, goals and processes and mission and explaining to them why they are important to you and why maybe they were picked, as well as different ways to integrate them into their classroom. We're coming into the top three most downloaded podcasts of the Business of Dance podcast so far. And at number three, drum roll, please. That was pretty sad. <laughs> Is episode 88, how to create content at your studio. Now, I know that this is a challenge for all businesses, but as dance studios, sometimes it can be even greater challenge. We're running the day-to-day as well as trying to create amazing programs for our students and then the content side for potential new students and also keeping parents happy. So I understand how this is a tricky topic and it's sometimes really hard to know where to start. So this is why it's probably done really well in the chart. So if you're interested in finding out more, you can head back to episode 88 or keep on listening. Without further delay, 
I'm going to dive into the ways you can plan your studio's content ahead of time by mapping out your whole year. But first, what is content creation or content marketing or what is content in general? So content marketing is a strategic marketing approach focused on creating and distributing valuable, relevant, and consistent content to attract and retain a clearly defined audience and ultimately to drive profitable customer action. Now, I said that really slowly because I think it's super powerful because sometimes as studio owners or people I've worked with, they kind of feel like they don't need to have content for their business. But the whole point of this is to really create, again, content that your clients find valuable to really kind of up level and uplift the sort of the way that your business is seen and interpreted. So by creating a content calendar or content schedule, this will really relieve you and your team the stress of creating brand new material every single month or day or year. So let's go over how it's done and how to get this in action. Coming in at number two was not a surprise to me. This was an interview I had with the wonderful Alicia Jonas from the Confident Dance Studio. And in in this interview, we really chatted and connected about, you know, how that we all get started in this industry as well as what it takes to continue to grow and have really successful businesses. So if you want to listen to the whole interview, I'd highly recommend it. It's really awesome. You could jump back to episode 91, but here is a little snippet for you with the wonderful Alicia Jonas and it came in at number two. Today, I have with me another fierce and fabulous guest on the show. In this episode, I will be interviewing Alicia Jonas. And Alicia is the director of Music and Dance Studio and is also the creator of her coaching business, The Confident Dance Studio. So I followed your online business and your Instagram account, which I love, by the way, for a little while now and really love all of the content you've created and released. So can you tell me and the audience a little bit more about what inspired you to, you know, get started with your studio arts and motion. So you did mention to me that you took over from this business and how has it transformed into what it is today? So maybe how did you make it more your business? Well, um, it's kind of a funny story because I did kind of come into studio ownership a little bit by accident. So I got a, uh, I was working as a dancer and a teacher and I got a call kind of out of the blue one day from a studio owner that I knew who was, who was hoping to kind of transition out of studio ownership. And, and this was someone that, that I really admired. I really knew that she was a smart businesswoman. I really knew that she had a great studio already built that was very much in line with my personal philosophy and, and my personal style of, of teaching and educating kids. So I was very interested. I met with her. I, it felt really good. And it just, it was like a match made in heaven. We, we, um, she worked at the studio kind of collaboratively with me for about two years and, and trained me in everything that she knew, but she was totally, uh, encouraging and confident in my abilities to change whatever I wanted or to, um, do, do more things as far as bringing in more technology. So one of the first changes that I did was I added online registration, which, now is, you know, that's pretty much a no brainer. You got to have that. But way, way back in 2006, that was kind of a new thing. So that was one of the first things that I brought into the studio was like trying to figure out, okay, how can we make this easier for parents? How can we make this easier for me? And so 
I was very lucky to have her, have her mentorship and her encouragement and support through all of that. And then really I haven't made a ton of changes other than we've just keep adding more, more technology and trying to figure out how can we make things easier, better, um, more convenient for our customers and for people who are trying to find us. So, you know, incorporating more systems and automation and things like that. But she really did have a great core philosophy and culture established. So for me, it was really easy to just kind of take that and run with it. So I was really lucky to find that. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And also so special that you found someone who really kind of encouraged you. I know like a lot, I hear a lot of good stories about people taking over from businesses. And I also hear a lot of like, not horror stories, but uncomfortable stories, I guess, where, you know, it, it doesn't end up being a right fit and the, the new owners a clash with the old owners sort of, you know, way of thinking. And so it, it really takes the other parents a long time to settle in. So it's really nice to hear when it works really well as well. And knowing that she had a lot set up and so it made your job as the new owner a, a lot more smooth. Right. And I would say, you know, it, it was smooth from a business owner sense, like from mm, okay. me and her, it was smooth between me and the customers, um, who were so attached to her, so used to her, you know, I was 25 at the time and, and she was yeah. in her fifties. So they had had her for quite a while and they didn't know me. I wasn't, hadn't been a teacher there. I had never even subbed there before. So it was a little bit of a transition and not everybody was cool with it. Not everybody wanted to stick around with me, but luckily enough trusted me and I learned fast enough that I was able to sustain and transition into it without seeing a huge, you know, a huge drop off or having to start from scratch. So yeah, it, it worked out thankfully. Yeah. And that's, I guess, good to clarify as well, that it was simple on one side, but I guess there's never a perfect situation. I don't think anyone's ever walked into a new business and gone like, this is amazing. Like the end, no problem. <laughs> always going to be a few like teething issues, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree. I, I really enjoy listening as well to someone who took over an established business because, you know, I do, um, most of the people I, I've spoken to or like coach, they started it themselves. So there was a big sort of, I guess, learning period of how to actually get that all up and running. But if there was already something established, it's, it, it's like a, like a different way to approach it really, isn't it? Which is really interesting. Yeah. I mean, it did have, there was a lot of good structures. So mm. you know, mm. she had a performance team in place. She had a great culture established. She had, um, you know, things in place so that I wasn't having to be like, okay, well, what do I do? How do I decide on tuition? How do I decide on a schedule mm. that works for our families? It was just already there and I could make little yeah. tweaks and things yeah. like that. But, um, yeah, that, that was a, a good thing to have in place. And I, mm. I think, you know, as having to start this, this coaching business myself, you know, I was like, oh, well, what do I do here? What do I do here? There was a lot mm. more, uh, a lot more of a learning curve for starting from scratch than there was yeah. taking over. Um, just, just in different, different ways. Yeah, 
Absolutely. But really still interesting. I just love hearing different stories. But with that in mind as well, aside from your dance studio, you also have a coaching business. And so could you tell us our listeners a little bit more about the Confident Dance Studio and really what inspired you to start coaching online as well as create all the services and wonderful programs you now provide to you know studio owners, I assume are probably around the globe, not just in the States. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, of course, I'll talk about that. So um, the Confident Dance Studio actually started as a curriculum company. I had We had a great children's curriculum that I was looking to, I knew that other studio owners could benefit from, and I was looking to um, sort of expand that. And then I went through all of the process of, of creating this, of putting it online, filming the videos, creating all the resources. And then after about 15 or 18 months, I realized, you know what, I'm kind of bored with this. I don't really know if this is what I want to do. But I did realize through that, that I loved talking with other studio owners. I love solving their problems. I really love talking about marketing and strategy. So that's kind of what I do. I really focus on the marketing and the strategy piece, although I can help with, with other things. That's kind of where my focus lies. So I have, you know, courses and coaching programs and things like that, as well as a Facebook community where I can give, you know, free content to studio owners who are looking to streamline and scale and get a, a few more tools under their belt as far as building a studio that they love that gives them freedom so they're not at their studio, you know, seven days a week. And last but definitely not least, we have the top most downloaded episode of the Business of Dance podcast so far, and that is episode 90, and it was titled The Simple Email That Helped Me Enroll 20 Students Into My Studio. This was a a bit of a episode that went into staying in contact with families and how you can really nurture those relationships as well as the simple text that I use to actually enroll previous students at my studio back into classes. So this was episode one. Again, it was a bit of a surprise to me, but it's really interesting to know what content you guys love to listen to. So I'll be sure to keep sharing some info with you like this in the future. But if you want to listen to more, head back to episode 90, which was fully in depth. But here is a little clip of episode 90, how I enrolled 20 students into my studio with a simple email. My name is Clary Shea and today I'm going to be sharing with you a very special episode and I'm going to be diving into the benefits of adding check-in emails into your studio sequences as well as the very email that enrolled over 20 parents into my studio with just one simple email. Today's episode is going to be more focused on those who have either attended your studio in the past, participated possibly in a holiday camp, or even just took a workshop once at your studio. These are the people who we are connected to, but may not have been in contact for a period of time. And today I want to share with you the reasons why just a simple checking in can go a long way, and as well as the email that brought 20 parents back to my studio. So you never know if someone is in the right position to re-enroll or take a class again at your studio until you reach out. And timing is such a big thing when it comes to business as well as life and just a little hello can go such a long way and 
that is a wrap. The top 10 most downloaded episodes of the Business of Dance podcast so far. Thank you so much for joining me for my birthday episode today. And as a special birthday present for me, again, I would love it if you could head over to Claire O'Shea Coaching on Facebook or Instagram or iTunes and leave us a review about the podcast. And be sure to head over to Dance Business Summit on Instagram and Facebook and like that as we're going to be releasing new info and new special episodes about this very soon. So I look forward to speaking to you really, really, really soon wherever you are in the world. I hope you're having a fantastic day. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Business of Dance podcast. For show notes and other episodes, please go to businessofdance.net slash podcast. To learn more about Business of Dance and stay up to date with all the episode releases, as well as lots of extra studio tips and tricks, please like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. If you have any questions, topic suggestions, or wish to be a guest on the podcast, please contact us at podcast at businessofdance.net. We appreciate you taking the time to rate and review us on iTunes and wish you a great day. Stay tuned for next week's episode. And until then, keep dancing your way to the business you have always desired.